0: This episode is supported by EarnIn. Life doesn't happen bi weekly, so why should Payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with EarnIn. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 199. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 199. To try 10 Kind Bars for free, you just pay shipping, go to kindsnacks.com slash shameless. That's kindsnacks.com slash shameless for full details. This episode of the Shameless Mom Academy is brought to you by Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the easy way to compare and buy life insurance online. To compare quotes in just five minutes, go to policygenius.com. That's policygenius.com. Hello, shameless moms. Wow, we are one episode away from episode 200. I cannot believe it. And this is so funny how timing works out because I thought of this topic for today before realizing that this episode would fall in the week of our 200th episode. And this episode has everything to do with what got me to episode 200. So I'm very excited to talk about all that. Before we dive into that, I do want to thank you all for everything that you have done to make the Shameless Mom Academy grow. We are going to actually, by the time this episode airs in a few days, on Monday, we will have hit 400,000 downloads. Holy cow. My goal is to hit a million in 2018. So we have some work to do, friends. Keep sharing. (laughs) Also, we are going to have our biggest month of downloads. I'm probably going to hit 40,000 downloads this month. And we are getting amazing reviews. And I say we because... (laughs) it's me sitting in my office by myself. But I can't say like, I'm getting this and I'm getting that. And I did this because I wouldn't do this if I wasn't carried by all of you. And the way that you listen to the show, the way you engage with the show, the way you share the show. So this is really not a solo effort. Also, my amazing producer, Christy, who is on the other side of things and the quiet person involved in all of this, but who makes sure that All of my stuff gets posted and put up on time and sounds good and like makes sense and all those kinds of things and all the pieces are in the right places and I don't have to worry about any of the tech except for hitting record and then transferring a file to Dropbox. Like that's all her. So I don't do this by myself, even though some people probably think I do do it all by myself. I really do feel that it is a community effort and a community event every time a new episode goes live. So I appreciate the role that all of you play in that because it means the world to me to have the show growing and to have the show becoming bigger than I imagined when I set out. I did not know what would happen with this little baby show when I started and it was really just a little passion project and I was like, hmm, I'll just see how this podcasting thing goes. I see some other people doing it. I think I could do it okay. And I feel like I'm doing more than okay. So I feel really good about that. I'm really excited about it. And I know there's big things to come in the next year, in the next five years, but in the next year specifically, big things to come. So stay tuned. And I just wanted to thank you all for that. So I'm going to have some fun things going on this week on Instagram to celebrate our 200 episodes, to celebrate all 200 of them. So do keep an eye on Instagram, go over to the Shameless Mom Academy on Instagram if you're not already there. And I'll be doing some stuff throughout this week to celebrate with you all and share the love with you all and just enjoy this time with you because I'm very excited and very proud to be here and just extremely, extremely grateful. Okay. So should we talk about the C word? We're going to talk about the least sexy C word out there that can make the biggest difference in your entire life. So I talked a little bit about this on Facebook Live last week, and I think I also mentioned the topic. I don't remember if I addressed it as the C word or not on Instagram Live, but I think it just makes it more fun to keep it a little mysterious and be like, hey, let's talk about the least sexy C word that you need to use more often. I mean, why not make it a little fancy and exciting? So the reason this word is so important is because it has everything to do with long-term success, long-term results. It has to do with impact in your life. It has to do with impact in parenting, with impact in your physical health and your mental health and your household management. It has to do with impact in terms of your professional success, in terms of your interpersonal relationships, in your marriage, in your friendships. So it really impacts everything. And it so many degrees impacts your success in all of those areas. So it's a really, really big deal. But when I tell you the C word, you're gonna be like, oh, that? Like you want it to be really big and sexy, right? I know you do, like you want it to be champagne. I know it's not gonna be champagne, you guys. It's gonna come out and it's gonna sound a little bit like boxed wine. But here's the thing. I love box wine because I feel like I'm always up for a really good bargain <laughs> and I've recently convinced my husband that we need to be on a box wine budget. So, I'm all about the box wine. So, I'm sorry the C word is not champagne. And <laughs> when I say it in a minute, you're going to be like, "Yeah, that's boxed wine in comparison to the fancy stuff." But it's important, and here's the thing about box wine. Box wine sustains you longer and you get more out of it in the long run. And that's important. And sometimes that's more important than the fancy bottle, the quick buzz, and like all the shebang of things. Okay, so are we ready? Have I built this up enough? So the least sexy C word that you need to use more often is consistency. I know I told you it's boxed wine, right? (laughs) This is not a champagne word, but the word is consistency. And this is so important because it impacts so many areas of your life and your success in these areas. So I'm going to talk through a few different ways consistency is so significant and how it's impacted my life in different levels of success in multiple areas of my life. And I think you will see how it can then impact your life. And for some of you, you're probably already like, oh my God, I'm already like ridiculously organized and consistent, but I'm going to push you a little to be consistent and new and different areas. Also, and then there's going to be some of you who are like, I'm not consistent at all. Like, the only thing I'm consistent with is being inconsistent. So, we'll talk about that a little bit as well. And I'm going to give you a handful of pointers near the end of the show or in the last third of the show where I'm going to talk about ways to be more consistent. Because I think that's like the biggest key is that we can all identify that consistency is key. Like, that cliche is not new to any of us. But I think that. Where we could all use some work is in some of the tactical ways to actually be more consistent. And this is hard. This is hard when your time feels very limited, your energy feels very limited, and you're managing family, kids, marriage, finances, spiritual life, professional life, sex life like all these things, right? Mental health, physical health, working out, like wanting to do a 5K and lose 10 pounds and also be the best mom in the world and also have the best job in the world and also go up for a promotion and also like maybe have sex at the end of the day, like all those things. Oh my gosh, that's so much to keep up with. And so it's very easy for consistency in any of those areas to fall by the wayside, just because there's too many balls in the air. So let's dig into some of this. So I'm going to give you some examples of how consistency has impacted my life. And I'm going to sound like a real big dork because I admittedly am. And I'm someone who like always embrace consistency part of it's my personality type I think part of it is being raised by a former nun let's just talk about that for a minute for those of you that didn't know my mom was a nun for 17 years before she met my dad she left the convent and then met my dad so she didn't leave because she met my dad for those of you who wanted that detail so if you know anything about living life as a nun like every day is exactly the same and everything is extremely consistent and extremely like structured and extremely predictable So my household was a little bit like that growing up. It wasn't that it was super rigid or like there wasn't a lot of rules at all, which is a little surprising, but everything was very predictable and like structure and the way we lived our day-to-day life. It was like every day was very much the same as the day before because that's what my mom thrived on because for 17 years, that's what she lived. And from the time she was 17 until she was 34. So this is what I was modeled and I found it very comforting. I think some of that is just my personality type because I really embrace consistency. My sister, on the other hand, like she's totally cool living in like an inconsistent unpredictable world and she thrives in that and i like it gives me hives so we laugh about how different we are because she can like roll with the punches like no one's business and i'm like having diarrhea and anxiety attacks when things turned upside down so we're very different in that way which is interesting given that we were raised in the same very predictable consistent environment so for me i always embrace consistency i loved like Every day after school, I went to my mom's classroom. She taught at the school that I went to. So I would go to her classroom and I would do my homework and I would get my homework done and then I would go home and I would watch a TV show or two TV shows. I remember like watching reruns of different strokes while my mom made dinner. So there was just like all these routines. Then do have dinner, get on the phone. I'm going to admit my dorkiness here again. Get on the phone and compare math homework with my friends. Like literally like compare with like three different people to make sure we all have the same answers. And this was like three different phone calls to do that, like call these different people and we all compare. Like it was so dorky, but like I thrived on this and then like do some reading or some other like part of my homework and then go to bed and literally like lights out at nine o'clock, get up at six o'clock and to take a shower. And I just wanted it to always be the same. That was very comfortable and comforting to me. So I grew up like that. And I really like, I lived that in college and My friends from college laugh now because they're like, wow, like how far you've come? Because I was like the roommate that had all these like weird self-imposed rules for myself. And everyone was just like, okay, whatever. Like they just thought I was weird. Like I would literally go to the library every single night. I didn't even know what to do. It's kind of how my workouts are now. Like I don't know what to do with myself if I don't work out first thing in the morning. In college, I actually worked out first thing in the morning every day. And I also would go to the library every single night. And my roommates would be like... Don't you like sometimes just not have homework? And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go and go to the library and study and maybe do some extra credit. Like it was just what I did. It was part of my routine. So how that's impacted me as an adult post-college life, it's impacted many areas of my life, So I'm gonna share some of these with you and it's a little more well-rounded. Like I don't think I used to be super well-rounded in my consistency. It was just based on like my academic choices, (laughs) but now I'm a lot more well-rounded and I'm not quite so focused on just being perfect in one thing like I was back then, which is nice. I'm imperfect in many things now. I'm imperfect in everything actually. So the first story I wanna talk about is workouts and physical health and fitness. And so for me, what this looked like is as an adult, I'm really consistent with exercise. So for me, if I decide that I'm only going to work out three days a week, then every day is a negotiation. Every day is like, should I do it today? Is today the best day? Do I have the most time today? Or should I maybe, would tomorrow be better? So there's this like whole conversation that goes on about like trying to figure out the absolute best time, in which case I just waste a lot of time and energy trying to figure it out and deciding around it. So it's just easier to do it every day. Now, every day is not the same amount of time. And my recommendations for people starting out with any sort of fitness goal is that you do more days of the week than not for shorter amounts of time. Like I would rather that you work out four to six days a week for 10 to 20 minutes than two days a week for an hour. Because when you are instilling that habit, the consistency is going to be what sets you up for the long-term game. If you start out, and I can tell you from being a personal trainer for 15 years The people that were working out with me when I did one-on-one personal training two days a week and did nothing else except for on the days that they came to see me, did not see much in terms of results because they didn't do anything five days a week. And therefore, they weren't actually healthy-minded in their food most days of the week either because when they weren't accountable for exercise, they also tended to not be accountable for food. So most of the people who I only saw twice a week did not get great long-term results. Also, many of them did not continue exercising once we were done with personal training. So they would meet with a personal trainer for X amount of months or years or whatever, but they were not motivated to continue those routines on their own. Now, what I see in my gym is that my members who come to class three or four days a week and do exercise on their own for 20 or so minutes, it can be even less like 10 to 30 minutes, I'll say, two or so days a week those are the people that have been with me the longest i'm talking years like i've been running my boot camp model now for 8 years 7 years 7 years 8 years And we are, no, nine years? Oh my gosh, I think it's almost nine years. I can't even keep track. I think it was July 2009. (laughs) So (laughs) it's coming up on nine years, holy cow. So there are people who joined me in July of 2009 and they set out on this and they were very consistent over time, exercising more days of the week than not. And they are still with me today, still exercising consistently today, which is so phenomenal. The people that came in and were like, hey, I want to come to your boot camp like once a week, most of them still have that kind of relationship with exercise, where they're like, they do it here and there once a week for like a couple months at a time, and it never really sticks. So consistency is super, super key. It does not have to be better every time. It doesn't have to be longer every time. It's just showing up imperfectly. So some days, a 10-minute workout might be really ugly. It might be 10 minutes of stretching, or it might be... 30 minutes of like all out high intensity, like just crushing it. It doesn't really matter what it looks like from day to day. It just matters that you're showing up every day. And then once you show up, you figure out like, how am I feeling today? How's this going to look? I will tell you like this morning I went into it. My back was a little achy. I was like, oh, this is going to need to be kind of a chill day. Once I got going, I was like, oh, game on sister. Like, let's go. And I 30 minutes like dripping sweat, crushing it. So you just don't know until you're in it what it's going to be like. So it's just showing up, checking in with yourself. Let's just see how it's going to be today. In terms of mental health, so mental health, when it comes to consistency, I'm talking about things along the lines of self-care and having specific time to reboot, to inspire, to motivate. So what that would look like is setting aside specific time. So I do this in the morning as part of my morning routine where I'm writing and reading, journaling, those kinds of things. That's my mental health time. Sometimes I partner it with exercise. I'll be honest. Like on mornings where I'm super crunched for time, I might listen to a podcast while doing my exercise. And that counts as like my mental health time or that counts as my quote unquote reading time because I'm consuming information that will inspire me or motivate me for the day, but I don't have the actual time to like sit down with a book. Most days I do sit down with a book. And you've heard me talk about this. I set a timer and I set a timer to read and it's like anywhere from three to 10 minutes. It's never more than 10 minutes and it's often less. Sometimes it's as little as three minutes, which allows me to get a couple pages in and just get myself inspired by something, motivated by something, gets me learning, gets me outside of my own head and my own anxiety and my own self-doubt, because I am a person who wakes up every morning feeling a little overwhelmed by the world, feeling a little bit like, oh my gosh, what do we need to do today? Like, do we have it in us today? Let's hope we do. That's just my nature. So as soon as I can make it bigger than myself by reading, by journaling, by proving that I'm strong, powerful, and capable in my workout, then from there on out, I'm like, we're good. We're cool. Like I got it. No problem. So this episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is understood explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural non-toxic medical grade ingredients. I just randomly Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when s- kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and it, I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect. So Vinny does not like ointmenty, creamy, lotiony things on his body. But I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning, he was like, Mom For me, that's what the mental health piece looks like. I don't think it matters how long it is. And it doesn't matter what the practice is. It might be a bath every night. Like you are the one responsible for walking the dog every night while your husband or partner does something to take care of the household. It might be that you do the dishes, but that's your private time. Like you were in the kitchen alone with music, doing the dishes, and no one gets to talk to you during that time. That totally can be self-care time. And that should be the consistent practice then. And that's totally fine. Okay, so before we move into the next piece of this, and we're going to talk about household management in just a minute, but before we move into that, I want to share one of our sponsors for today. So today, our first sponsor is Policy Genius. So speaking of alleviating anxiety, Policy Genius is perfect for this kind of thing. So I don't know about you, but after I had a child, I was super paranoid about things like life insurance and disability and those kinds of things. Because all of a sudden, there was this new level of responsibility, like massive crushing responsibility. And when we wrote our will, it was like, oh my gosh, like who would take our child if something awful happened? And how would they afford to raise our child? How much money will we have in life insurance policies should someone else need to raise our child? Like That was a big thing. And of course, as someone who is a people pleaser, I wanted to make sure that the people I was listing in our will would not be financially burdened if they needed to raise our child. So life insurance became this huge decision for us. It actually became a bit of an argument because we compared so many different ways of doing it. So if you are someone who finds that you get a little analysis paralysis around these things, Policy Genius is perfect. Policy Genius is an easy way to compare and buy life insurance online. They let you compare quotes in just five minutes. It's almost unheard of to make responsible purchases in five minutes, but Policy Genius has helped over 4 million people shop for insurance and they've placed over $20 billion in coverage. So they know what they're doing doing and they help make it really simple and clear and it's laid out visually for you. So you can see the comparison. So I've gone to policygenius.com to start doing some of my own comparison and they make it really simple. And again, it alleviates that anxiety. The other cool thing about Policy Genius is they don't just do life insurance. They insure life, but they also insure everything in your life. So you can compare health insurance, disability insurance, pet insurance. Oh my gosh, this is one we always talk about at our house as we have an aging dog, renter's insurance. So they give you the opportunity to be responsible in so many ways without getting that analysis paralysis that comes with trying to figure out how you're going to manage decisions around insurance. So if you have made a new year's resolution to be better with money, achieve it at policygenius.com. This is the easy way to compare and buy life insurance and other kinds of insurance. There's zero sales. Sales pressure, no hassle. You don't even have to talk to anyone. You can just go check it all out on their site. And then from there, if you want to correspond with someone, you can, which I appreciate that. So it's super low commitment, but also a great way to start getting some of your questions answered and alleviate a little bit of stress around that. So go over to policygenius.com and check out what they have to offer today. Okay, so let's dive into... Consistency in household management. I talked a little bit about just that reference to doing the dishes and how that happens. I've talked before about like how we manage laundry in our house. And it's not like, oh my gosh, when am I going to do it? It's pretty systematized so that again, we're not wasting energy thinking about it. Like I'm not into wasting energy trying to figure out like how will I fit in here or there? I just want it to be set in stone so that I don't have to think about it. And that's really one of the big things with consistency is, and again, like it's not sexy, but one of the great benefits of it that I think kind of makes it sexy is that when you're consistent about something, you don't waste energy around decisions. So I just mentioned in our ad spot about analysis paralysis, this happens when we aren't consistent, we have to make so many more decisions and we have to think so many more things through and those mental negotiations are exhausting. And you already have so much mental negotiation as a parent that I think that as much as you can take that out, you need to. So when it comes to household management and organization, how are you keeping your household manageable versus maniacal. I always love it when I can use the word maniacal, by the way. So how are you keeping things feeling like calm, cool, collected, under control versus just like a household of maniacs with chaos everywhere? And there's definitely days where things are going to feel out of control no matter what, but there's so much that you can do to keep it feeling manageable. And that is where consistency comes in. So maybe that is meal planning. Maybe you have, so this is something we had in my household growing up. My mom would set a menu And I think she did two weeks at a time, but she would like literally write it out on a calendar back in the day when everything was pen and paper and she'd put it up on the refrigerator. She would write out what the dinner menu was for like two weeks and then she would just rerun it every two weeks. So it was super simple. There was no guessing. So she was not wasting time and energy as a single mom who was also a teacher who also took on some extra work. In addition to being a teacher, she took on some administrative work in her school. She was not wasting time every day thinking like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do for dinner? It was established two weeks in advance. And we also knew, my sister and I knew every night what dinner was going to be because it was posted on the fridge. So there weren't conversations around like, no, but we want the chicken nuggets. We'd be like, oh, okay, look, Thursday, Thursday's chicken nugget night. And so it was very, very simple. And it just took a lot of the negotiation out with her as the parent negotiating just with herself and figuring it out and also having to negotiate with us. So as much as you can, keeping things systematized like that, like maybe every Thursday is laundry day, or maybe every Monday is laundry day. In our household, Vinny knows that when he only has has one pair of sweats left in his drawer, he needs to put his laundry basket next to the washing machine, which is right outside our bedroom door. So I see it right there. That is his responsibility. Should he choose not to do that, he gets to wear dirty sweats to school, which he's had to do like two times and it's absolutely horrifying to him. So he has pretty quickly learned that that's how the system works. I also got him seven pairs of sweats so that this only happens once a week. So that's how that is triggered in our household and I try to keep it time so that that morning that he pulls that laundry out, Is on a Saturday or Sunday because I try to not do laundry during the week. So that's how that works in our household. When it comes to parenting, how can you be more consistent in parenting? So we are very consistent with Vinny in many ways because he thrives in consistency, because he's raised by the daughter of the ex nun. So my mom thrived in consistency. I thrive in consistency. And my son, holy cow, it's like, I think he is like born prepared to be a monk. He is so consistent about everything. Like he would absolutely fit in well at the monastery. Like he wants things to be exactly the same every morning. He wants to get up the same time I do. And he's all about the morning routine right now, which is hilarious. I've been posting about it on Instagram and especially in my Insta stories, but he's totally into this whole morning routine thing. He wants to like play with his Legos and set them up like they can't ever be on the floor. They have to be up on the table, which I know, like I don't even know how I got this lucky. Trust me, I paid my dues when he was a screaming baby for three years. So the Legos are never on the floor, like they cannot touch the floor. They're always up on the table. He has things very consistent in his mind. Where this comes in for us as parents – is first of all, I actually have to plan some spontaneity for him because I don't want him to be so rigid in his ways that he can't be flexible. But in terms of parenting, we're very consistent with expectations with him. And we're very consistent in just how things are managed from day to day. So there's a lot of consistency in our routine, but there's also consistency in things that he doesn't like. And for example, he really does not like to have babysitters. But we very consistently use babysitters. I think it's really important that like, I don't just give in to the fact that because he flips out every time we've a new babysitter. And like, when I say flip out, I mean flips out, but that doesn't stop us from getting a new babysitter. It just means that we are aware that like, this is going to be a challenge, but it has to keep happening because we're not going to be held hostage by our child and never go out. So we are consistent in how we approach that. And we actually have it pretty systematized now where we talk to him in advance. We talk about it. We talk about what we're doing. I used to do it the day of. Now I actually do it a few days in advance. And by the day of, he's like totally cool with it. So we've played with it over time. The other thing is with like expectations around consequences, he knows what flies and what doesn't. We're really clear about those kinds of things, which is super, super important. So I will tell you from working in a psychiatric hospital that the most comforting thing to kids, they can't identify this, but subconsciously, the most comforting thing for kids is consistent structure and consistent expectations and consistent consequencing. So Vinny knows what does not fly in our house. He knows what is not okay. Like if he is being a little turd at the dinner table, he will get sent to his room without dinner. He's been sent up to his room. It's actually probably happened two times maybe. He's been sent to his room with like, if you don't want this dinner and you're going to behave this way, you can go upstairs and go to bed instead. When I've sent him up, I've said like, if you decide that you want to come back, here are the conditions for coming back. So I've never actually sent him to bed completely hungry because I'm terrified of him waking up starving at 3am. Although I have friends who have sent their kids to bed hungry, who tell me that does not happen, that the kids sleep through the night just fine, and it doesn't hurt them to miss a meal. But for us, we're really consistent with expectations around like, here's what's okay at the table, here's what's not. Here's what's okay in these certain situations, here's what's not. This morning, Vinny yelled at me about something, and I was very clear with like, actually, you don't get to talk to me that way. So I'm leaving the room. When you're ready to talk to me, like a respectful five-year-old, then we can continue this conversation. And I don't get heated about those kinds of things. I'm just super like consistent tone of voice because if I get upset about things, it makes it way worse. So I just keep a super flat tone of voice, very consistent expectations, and then I leave the room. And sometimes that has to happen like 17 times. He'll follow me to the next room, still whining about the same thing. And I will say the exact same thing and go to another (laughs) room. But what happens is like the next day, That doesn't happen again. He knows the expectations. So super consistent parenting is ridiculously important. If you struggle with that, find some resources, find a parenting coach, find a therapist who helps with parenting. This is so important. I actually have a couple of friends who are going through therapy with child psychologists just to manage parenting better. And they have been blown away by how helpful it has been to have an outside third party person kind of give them some explanation on how to be more consistent in parenting and set their kids up for success and make the household less chaotic and less stressful as a result. So this is really, really important. Next is professionalism. Okay, when it comes to professionalism, consistency and professionalism, oh my gosh, I can't overstate this. And this can be a tricky one, especially if you're in a job where you don't think it's necessarily going to be like a huge resume builder, or if you're like one foot out the door and you're like, I don't even care anymore but it still matters. It still matters how you show up. It still matters because you are always building your reputation. And this doesn't mean that you need to base all of your behavior on like what other people are gonna think about you, because obviously I put more value in being your authentic self, but part of being your authentic self should be building a reputation that you can take anywhere. Like that should just be a given that you build that into your authentic self. And so like there's a part of me that's pretty sassy and can definitely be a little edgy. But previous to that, it is most important to me that people know that I am like I'm compassionate, I'm responsible, I'm empathetic, I'm reliable. I am like when I commit to something, I will show up those kinds of things Come before. So I lead with that. Once people know that about me, then I can be like way more sassy and like drop an F bomb here and there if it's appropriate. (laughs) Not always, but like I lead with what I want my long-term reputation to be because that will take you anywhere. What I've learned over time is that consistency has proves to other people that you are hearing you're not going anywhere. So when I started out with the podcast, I was told many times by many people that most podcasts fail. And I don't remember what the numbers were, but it was like within a certain amount of months, maybe six months, like a very small percentage make it past six months. So I wanted to make sure that I was taken seriously, and I didn't want to miss episodes. And I had heard a lot of people say, like, well, you know, some weeks I do one episode and then sometimes I miss a week. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. like, I want people to know that I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. Like if it turns out that I need to go somewhere someday, I'll manage that when I get there. But while I'm trying to build relationships with listeners, while I am trying to build a platform and decide if I like this, which by the way, kind of liked it since we're almost 200 episodes in, it's really important to me that people understand that I am reliable. So I am showing up when I say I'm going to show up every damn day. So I have never missed an episode. Every single Monday and Wednesday since March 15th, 2016, I have shown up. Whether it was Christmas Day, whether it was New Year's Day, whether IVF failed, whether like my child was a disaster, whether my child was homesick, whether I barely had a voice, all these situations showed up. Push record. Some of those times it was really, really hard, but I showed up because I wanted to present as reliable, as stable, as predictable, as trustworthy, as someone who takes myself seriously and someone who wants to be taken seriously. And I can tell you that that has taken me big places in this podcast. And also these are things I've done in my other businesses. This is what I've done with the gym as well. Now I have recognition in our city as a business owner and as an entrepreneur that other people come to for advice. Because again, I have proven I'm here, I'm not going anywhere, I'm reliable, I'm stable, I'm predictable, I'm trustworthy, I take myself seriously, I want to be taken seriously. So it's really, really important that you lay that in the groundwork of whatever you're doing professionally, even if you think you're not going to stay there. I will tell you when I was going to leave a gym that I was working at more than 10 years ago, probably 12 years ago now, I was looking to leave that gym and I knew like six to nine months before I was going to leave, I knew I was on my way out. I still showed up every single day. And in fact, I made it my goal to increase and improve my numbers at the gym. My goal was to leave as the most booked female trainer at the gym. When I knew I was on my way out, I was not the most booked female trainer. By the time I left, I was. So I actually like built my reputation while I was basically one foot out the door. I knew I was going somewhere else, but I also knew I was leaving at the top of my game. That was extremely important to me because I knew that it would benefit me down the road, and it did. All my clients came with me and I built a reputation in the city, in the fitness community because of that, because I was able to take that professional leap and it didn't impact me. When I left that job, the owners of that business were like, oh yeah, good luck. You know, most of the people who go out on their own doesn't work so well. And they literally like gave me a list of names. They were like, you should go talk to these people who failed at it, which I will tell you was like the best fuel they could have given me because I was like, oh, you think I'm going to fail? Oh, you just watch you just watch, you cute little friends, you just watch. And so, I mean, that was actually like all it takes for me to really Light a fire under my butt is for someone to doubt me. This episode is supported by Aqua True. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out Aqua True. Aqua True purifiers have a four stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing and they remove 15 times. more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, and they're specifically designed to combat can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS. S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S. AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS.
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1, since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: But for me, building that professionalism, even when I was one foot out the door, even when I could not stand these owners and had no respect for them, was really, really important. Okay. So let's talk about our next sponsor for the show today before we move on and talk about how to be more consistent. So our second sponsor today is Kind Bars. Yay, Kind Bars. So (laughs) I will tell you, I ran out of Kind Bars the other day and I tried to pass another bar off on Vinny. There was tears. I'm not even going to lie. Tears. And he's like, I don't want that bar. I want my kind bars. He specifically wanted his dark chocolate cherry bar, which he's obsessed with. It's the almond dark chocolate cherry bar. So kind bars are a big hit in our family and we use them for everything. But I will say that what I most value kind bars for, and this fits so perfectly in with what we're talking about, is consistency that my child will consistently eat them. So again, I don't have brain work around snacks. I don't put mental energy into like, well, should I get him this or should I get him that or... I don't know, like this flavor, that flavor, this bar, that bar, should we do crackers in a bag or no, it's just like, I know he's going to eat this. So we're going with this again, less mental decisions, less mental space, less mental energy, always the way to go. So we just stick with what we know and what works for us. And that's kind bars. So we are huge kind Bar fans. And I got hooked onto them, especially for Vinny. I was a big fan of them before Vinny started having them just because they're really tasty. But I was so excited about him being a kind addict because of their high-quality ingredients, because I recognize every ingredient on the label, because they're gluten-free and Vinny is gluten-free. So it made it a no-brainer for me as a grab-and-go snack to give this to my child. I also really appreciate the mission of Kind Bars. They are super conscientious consumers. They're a super conscientious business. They make decisions around compassion toward the earth and toward other companies and toward where we're moving in terms of like societal implications of everything. So I just really, really appreciate that as well. I always want to support a company that has a powerful mission. So I can't say enough good things about Kind Bars. And I love that Kind Bars has a great deal for our shameless mom listeners. So Kind Bars is giving a 10 pack snack pack to all shameless mom listeners. If you go to Kind K-I-N-D snacks.com shameless, you can get a 10 bar snack pack for free. You just pay shipping. So go to kindsnacks.com slash shameless, and you will get full details about how to get your 10 bars for free, just pay shipping, and you can get tasty bars delivered to your doorstep within the next day or so. All right, back to the last part of our show here. So how to be more consistent. So consistency, again, I mean, do we agree that this is just the sexiest episode ever here as we approach episode 200? (laughs) So I want to reiterate the non-sexy things about consistency. So number one, the first important step about being consistent is you have to have a plan. I know totally not sexy, but you have to have a plan. So my plans around consistency are really boring, but they really work. And so in terms of consistency, like I've told you what works for us with laundry. I've told you about what I do in the morning. I've told you about my podcast routine in terms of recording, So I don't record until the afternoons because for some reason that's just what feels better to me. But I record either Thursday or Friday afternoon. I rarely record earlier in the week than that. And what I've realized in that pattern is that that gives me the week to be inspired. (laughs) And so usually by Thursday or Friday, I'm super fired up and ready to talk about something. When I try to record earlier in the week, I can do it, but it's often a little harder for me and it feels a little more forced. And because I'm serving moms all week in my multiple businesses, by the time I get to Thursday or Friday, I'm like, I got some things to say, folks. So it actually works better for me to do it on Thursday or Friday. So that's my consistency with that. I have a whole consistency plan, which I won't even bore you with in terms of like how I go about recording and my show notes and the art and all those things and how I get them over to Christy, my timelines and my deadlines for those things that I create for myself because Christy is so kind and basically lets me submit things up to the very last minute. So I try to have everything submitted by like five o'clock Pacific time on Friday for her to get uploaded for the next week for Monday and Wednesday. And I'm 99% of the time that happens. So that's my plan there with consistency. You need to think marathon versus sprint. And again, this is not the sexy version because sprinting is really sexy. Like sprinting is like go all out, make it super fast, your best effort, as fast as you can, as quick as you can and just get there and then you're done. Like there is something about sprinting that is way more glamorous because marathons they're a slow trudge, like you don't sprint a marathon. It's a slow trudge, there's some laughs along the way, there's usually some tears along the way, you're like working things out as you go, you have to stop and stretch, you have to take breaks, you might need some fuel. But consistency is about the marathon. It is not about the sprint. Because again, think back about the people that I talked about who come in and want to do like, I'm going to start exercising and I'm going to do like one day a week for the next six weeks. They don't go anywhere with that. So it really needs to be actually, I'm going to show up most days of the week indefinitely because we know that what we do most is what matters most. What we do every once in a while is not really what matters. So if you're just exercising every once in a while, doesn't really have any long-term implications. It's what you do most that matters most. So that's how it goes for everything. What you do most in parenting matters most. You're going to screw up here and there. That's not what matters. Those little screw ups that you have on a daily basis where you're like, oh man, I could have done that better. Those are not the things that matter most. It's what you do the most that matters most. So it's the sitting down to the family dinners. It is the like reading the bedtime stories, asking your kids how their day went. One of our things that we love asking at dinner is we do roses and thorns where you say one good thing about your day, one thing that was hard, or we say, how did you help someone today? Which I have to give our friends Ariel and Taylor credit for because they gave us that prompt. Instead of saying, how was your day? Say, hey, how'd you help someone today? It's pretty funny to hear some of the stuff he comes up with for that. So marathon versus sprint in all of these areas of your life. Next, more is not better. More is often a setup To get you nothing. So, oftentimes when we dive in, we think, and I'll use the exercise example again, we think like, okay, I'm gonna start exercising. So, I'm gonna like get up first thing in the morning and do like an hour every day. Usually, we'll last a few days and then we're done because that's too much. So, again, little bits, very frequently. I've talked before about, I believe, about frequency and recency. The things that we do most frequently are the things we're most likely to repeat. The things we have done most recently are the things we're most likely to repeat. So think about that with consistency in any habit. If you have most recently eaten a Snickers bar, like 37 days in a row, you most likely are going to eat a Snickers bar on day 38. If you have most recently eaten a kind bar 37 days in a row, you're most likely to eat the kind bar on day 38. So that doesn't mean you can't change the habit. It just means that you need to be aware, like when you're on day two, three, four of a habit, it's still a baby habit. So I'm in the practice of doing morning pages and writing every morning. I am on day 18 today. On day 18, I have done 14 out of 18 days. So I have not been perfect. And my goal is to do five to six days a week. So I have hit that goal, but I'm not doing it every single day. So what I have told myself is that this will stick if I can continue to do most days, even if I don't do it perfectly. So the protocol I'm following is supposed to be three full pages of writing every morning. I can tell you today is the first day in like five days that I made three full pages. Yesterday I made like half of a page because Vinny was driving me crazy and like playing a harmonica in my ear, like nothing was going right and I was so cranky and I was just getting more annoyed as I was writing. So I was like, okay, like I'm quitting early today, but I did make myself still do a little bit. So showing up for just a little bit but still showing up is more important than showing up for all of it all of the time. So more is not always better. Oftentimes more sets us up to fail in the long run because more can be too much so I love Kate Northup, who by the way, she has a great podcast called The Kate and Mike Show with her husband. And she talks a more a ton about do less. And she has a whole philosophy around do less. And I think she even has a program called Do Less, but she's a great one. She's pregnant with her second child and has been really diving into do less in her pregnancy and really embracing that. But she talks a lot about do less and how it impacts her life and really has gotten her away from the craziness of the entrepreneur mindset, which I love. So I think that doing less, but keeping things consistent is so important. Okay, and then lastly, last piece here is view everything as practice and data collection. So this helps us get away from perfectionism. When you are looking at being consistent, it is not about showing up perfectly every time. It's just about showing up. And it's about showing up as is. And so showing up as is is just like, here I am today. It might be real ugly, but I'm here. So that might mean that this workout is not one of my best, or this journal entry is not one of my best, or I only read two paragraphs instead of two chapters, or like I only make my kid like a super lame lunch, but at least I send him with food. (laughs) So sometimes showing up as is, is the most important thing. I think another piece of that is looking at, again, that marathon versus that sprint. When you allow yourself to show up every day as is, you're more likely to keep showing up. Some days are gonna be awesome and some days not so much. So when you look at it as everything is practice and everything is data collection, when you show up for those really bad days, then you can be like, well, I'm just practicing. Like I'm just practicing being here in this space. So like yesterday when I only wrote like a half a page, or three quarters of a page or something. It was less than a page, though. I was like, you know what? Today's just practice. Like, this is me practicing showing up when I really don't want to be writing, when I'm really annoyed right now because my kid is, like, climbing all over me, pretending he's a puppy while playing the harmonica. Super annoying. So I'm just showing up and practicing writing in this situation. It's also data collection to show that, like, okay, even though I didn't do the whole thing, I'm still glad I showed up and did part of this. For me, I ran a full marathon a number of years ago, did not like it. Like really actually hated it. I didn't mind the training, but the actual marathon race sucked so much. I've talked about it before. So that became data collection for me. Like, okay, so this is not fun. We will not be doing this again. We might be a little bitter about it in the moment because I mean, I wanted to quit from like mile two, which made the next 24 miles after that really hard, but it was just data collection. It was like, just keep practicing one foot in front of the other. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. There was many tears, A lot of screaming. There was a lot of swearing in public around people who probably thought I was like a raging lunatic. It was really ugly, but I just kept doing it. And it was data collection. At the end of it, I was like, okay, so today we confirmed that I don't ever want to do another marathon. And a friend of mine who was there was like, oh, no, you are totally going to change your mind. You're going to feel so much better in a day or two. And I was like, no. So what's funny is, I think it's been like 10 years. Still totally cool with never running another marathon. I've done more half marathons since then. Happy to do a 10K here and there. But like, nope, that was my data collection. Don't need to do that again. But I was in it for the long game. So I just kept putting one foot in front of the other until I got to the end. And I collected that data that gave me that information to know that this is not something I need to do again. And that's okay. It's okay to go down a trail and consistently show up and then be like, you know what? This is not my thing. And I do that with meditation, where when I practice meditation, I'm consistent about it for bouts of time, and then I don't do it at all. I don't find that there is a lot of long-term reward for me with meditation. I find other things to be more meditative to me than meditation itself. And so I would have chosen to be more consistent about those other things. So sometimes we practice consistent practices that do not stick with us long-term, and that's okay. But don't do something one or two times and then decide like, oh, that's not for me. Like you can't meditate two times and be like, yes, I'm just totally not into that. Like really, you should try it most days of the month for 30 days, at least to make sure that it's not your thing. Don't go into whole 30 and after two days be like, actually, it kind of sucks to not have cheese and wine. This whole 30 thing is like not for me. No, like you have to give it a little bit. You need to be a little more consistent than that before you can make that decision. So it's okay to use that data collection to make those kinds of decisions as well. All right, so how to be more consistent, have a plan, think marathon versus sprint, more is not better, and view everything as practice and data collection. Lots of information in there today. A Little bit of a longer episode, so I hope you stuck with me for all this. I appreciate you sticking with me. And come back on Wednesday, because Wednesday is episode 200 with Gretchen Rubin. I'm so excited for this. So I got to interview Gretchen Rubin. I know I teased it on social media and on the show a couple months ago when I interviewed her. The episode, just the way it worked out in my schedule, like divine intervention. It just so happened that she got bumped around in my schedule a bit and she happened to land on episode 200, which is pretty dang cool. So... Come back on Wednesday for Gretchen Rubin. Really great interview. Fascinating information. She's going to talk all sorts of things about her four tendencies and about her other books. We dig into her as a parent a little bit, which was super interesting to me. Like I loved being nosy with her because she doesn't share a lot of personal stuff or she doesn't dig too deep with personal stuff. So I definitely like wanted to ask her a few questions and her answers were pretty interesting. So I'm very excited to share that. So I will see you back here on Wednesday. If this episode was helpful, as always, share it out. If you tag me in your share at the Shameless Mom Academy, I will definitely reply right away. You can share on Instagram or on Facebook. And you can also get the link for this episode. If you go to shamelessmom.com, click on episode 199. Show notes will be over there as well. And what else? If you have not left a review, I can't think of a better 200 episode celebration gift to me than to go write a review. So I really appreciate so many of you been going into leaving reviews. I am highly ranked right now. I mentioned this on social media, but oh my gosh, the Shameless Mom Academy is ranked as show 30 out of hundreds, if not thousands of shows in the kids and family category on Apple Podcasts or iTunes right now. That is Monumental. That is huge. And I could not be more grateful to be there. And it's because you guys listen and write reviews. That is how I get there. It is a direct correlation to you being engaged with downloading the show, sharing the show, subscribing to the show, and reviewing the show. That is how I get in those rankings. So I just want to thank you very much for that because it really does impact my ratings. My ratings impact my sponsorships, and that impacts my ability to afford to be able to produce a podcast producing a podcast is not free. This cost me a lot of money. I did it for free for over a year and spent well over five digits, spent like multiple five digits that first year of the show that I'm recovering from. So I really appreciate anything that you do to help me get the show highly ranked so that I can be paying for the show and for the costs associated with the show because the show comes to you for free. So thank you. Thank you for everything that you do to make this job fun, and an honor and just interesting and engaging. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. No matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
1: Oh, Hey everybody. It's us Blair and Molly, your old pals from toddler purgatory.